Welcome to this podcast where we will be speaking about domestic abuse from the roots. To speak of abuse teaches and heals the soul in order to help you understand many things. As domestic abuse and domestic violence survivors located in Denver, Colorado, we will be sharing our personal experiences mixed with research and findings from professionals and therapists. We will be sharing local resources and we will provide our email, which is dvinfolatinx at gmail.com. Again, that is dvinfolatinx at gmail.com. You're welcome to share your stories with us or just contact us if you need any help and we'll be here to help you. This podcast can be triggering, so if at some point you have to leave or pause it, please do so. Hi, my name is Lupe. I'm from Los Angeles, California. I identify as Chicanex. I'm an early childhood teacher, and I will be sharing my personal experiences with domestic abuse and enlightening the path to what truly is emotional abuse, also all based on research that we've made and professional opinions. Hi, my name is Anna. I am Mexican. I work in the dental industry and I will be sharing my own experience with domestic abuse uh, with all of you guys. And I will be here for you guys if you guys need any help. So some important points today, I wanted to touch base on the umbrella of domestic abuse and the different types of abuse that there are. And um, to begin with, we have emotional abuse, which is the topic of today. Financial abuse, intimate partner violence, physical abuse, mental abuse, immigration abuse, sexual, and modern slavery. There's also um, like uh, media, like media stalking as well, but we'll touch more base on that later. And then today, like I said, we are going to be talking about emotional abuse and how difficult it can be to identify this type of abuse. Um, emotional abuse is coercive and people do not realize they are being abused until they are into deep, especially in an intimate relationship. Um, and I think that one of the biggest questions, Anna, that have popped in my head and I, and I just simply couldn't find much information on was like, like, why is this type of abuse so hard to identify? And why don't we realize um, that we are being emotionally abused until we're we're into deep, which will start experiencing physical abuse and all the other types of abuse before emotional abuse. Well, I will say, um, like our podcast is called From Cradle to Marriage. Right. I will say that sometimes, like, let's say in my case, we grew up in this abusive environment. Well, um, you know, while, like... Mexican culture, we can call it. Mm -hmm. um, I come from a Mexican family, and emotional abuse, it's pretty normal. I mean, they make it seem like that's the way they love, and they teach you that emotional that abuse is, is love. love. Mm -hmm. And that happened to me with my parents, you know, um, even my, my siblings. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't know, you know, I didn't know there was other ways to be loved and to love someone, but... 
you know, emotionally abusing, you know? Well, now that there's other ways, but you just simply didn't know the healthy way. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I didn't know the healthy way because I grew up, um, you know, being called all kinds of names. Like, you know, when they call you gordita, little fatty. Mm. They call you, um, I don't know, all kinds of names. You know, they use whatever makes you feel uncomfortable to put you like a nickname you know yeah like in my case um, kind of like a like pet names pet, pet names uh sometimes <coughs> if you're not in a good emotionally position you're gonna take it as something bad you know like yeah everything depends on how you are doing emotionally well, not, not only not only that but with pet names i feel like they can turn like Let's just say for right now, they'll, they'll call you gordita, like, in a cute, loving way, mm -hmm. right? But later, someone's mad at you, you know? And they're like, ah, pinche gorda, like, you fucking fat ass. Exactly. So it, they turn that cute little loving name into, like, a negative, you know what I mean? Like yes. Like a whole, a whole different, 360. Yeah. Yeah. This is a whole 360. So it goes from like zero to a hundred real quick, as we would say. Yeah. And it's kind of like, that's where the, you cross the line from one side to another. And yeah. That happened to me a lot because I used to have this nickname from a partner. He used to call me Pendejita. You know, that was like in a lovely way. Mm -hmm. But sometimes when he was trying to, you know, make me feel better, things or like that. Or put it down. Or put me down, he'll be like, pendeja, or you're a piece of shit, or you're full of shit, you know, like... Verbally abuse. Verbally abusing me. He, he one time I remember this, because it really, like... That really hurt my feelings, you know, like... Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, um, well, this... Well, he, he used to call me pendejita, and then one day... We were going through this argument, and he sent me an email. He was like, I did this, pendejita, I hope you have a good night. But he did something, like, really wrong to me, you know? He, mm -hmm. um, it was something, like, really stupid, uh, mm -hmm. in my opinion. He used to pee on my coffee maker. So he, oh, that's disgusting. And he sent me this email like, I did it, pendejita. And he was... Like you seen the cute little pet name he had given you? Yes. In a sarcastic way. And like, I said, yes. Yeah. That really hurt me because I was like... he. I feel like he was playing with my emotions too much. Yeah. You know, to the point that I was like... When this little cute word was supposed to mean something, it had like a different meaning. Exactly. Like a loving meaning. The loving uh -huh. meaning. And then he used it to hurt me, you know? So I was mm -hmm. like, what the hell? Like, I was going through a really bad depression. I mean, I was, I'm still working towards that. Like, mm -hmm. my healing process has been taking me longer than ever before mm -hmm. with other relationships. And I don't know why. Mm -hmm. um i always trusted on getting married just once in life and you know staying together um in the good and bad moments you know mm -hmm. and now that i had to decide to get divorced it's been like really hard for me yeah so even if you want to stay you have to understand if it's not a safety and healthy place for you mm -hmm. the best thing you can do is just leave you know yeah 
and that i don't know it's been taking me like i said longer but it's not impossible like if some of you guys are going through an abusive relationship and you guys are like mm -hmm. no we can make this work we can make this like you not know when it, not with an no, abuser no w once you cross a line of respect like you from respecting your partner to disrespecting your partner but I abuse think, is beyond disrespect i mean they're like everything hard to yeah normal healthy people and still experience a little bit of disrespect You know what I mean? Yes. The the key in that is like what is healthy, what like is not. the yeah the abuse and, the, and then the cycle of it, or the pattern is oh. is it a pattern that's being repetitive? You know, because yes, exactly. I mean, there's been so many couples out there too that cheat, right? And then I mean, if that's one of you, I mean, everyone has different uh, toler tolerates and has different boundaries. In my opinion, if someone were to cheat on me, I'm done. You know what I mean? But there are couples out there that's, you know, something like that happens and they make the mistake. And we're all humans. We make mistakes and they make the mistake of cheating or make the mistake of crossing that line and disrespecting you. Um, and you forgive them and you choose to give it another shot and reconcile. I do believe that it can be... As long as you take the right steps in a healthy way. Exactly. Right? To mm -hmm. try to move forward and, and you know, if you need therapy, get therapy. Um, but the key point to that is the repetition of patterns. So, like, if they cheat and they say, no, no, I promise. And, and then they don't put any effort into improving themselves and growing from that mistake and growing from that experience. Then, you know, that's, going, that's unhealthy because... They're going to continue to repeat this negative pattern. You know what I mean? Yes. And then it turns into this cycle of and abuse. remember, we were reading about it, and it's something mm -hmm. like using drugs, kind of. Yeah, so it, it emotional abuse is highly addicting. Yes. Yeah. Emo yeah, that is one thing that we found in our research, is that emotional abuse um, kind of, sort of, serves as a, um, like... Like the love hormones. So you get addicted because emotional abuse is very, very, very engraved in the cycle of abuse. So first it's like you have the incident. Then you move move on forward to... Um, the sorry face. The sorry face, apologizing. Uh -huh. so I it's will like never do it again. Face, yes. Sorry face. And I'll never... Whether they hit you or, or they call you name, verbally abuse you or whatever. And even sometimes they... They don't even say sorry. It just simply, they just simply move on to the next phase of the cycle of abuse and act like nothing happened, like everything's normal, like, like today's a new day, what happened yesterday, but yet, I mean, but you're hurt. You're like emotionally You're hurt. waiting for that, apologize. You know? Well, you're waiting for apology, like. Apology, sorry. Well, not only the apology, but like. You are left feeling dismissed. Exactly. Like, like your feelings don't matter. Like you don't matter. And, um, you know, and you don't, you're not important enough to be acknowledged in the situation that, that this person is putting you in. Um, the abuse that they're putting you through is not important. You know what I mean? Or they just take it like, 
they will never nothing. they will yeah. never um take any responsibility for what right. they did and they don't never s- and they don't they don't see the how do you say the word they don't see the um the damage that they're making or the you know what i mean like how bad the situation really is you know they think it's not bad you know, it really is bad. It's and mentally and emotionally abusive. Exactly. And, you know, in my case, um, <clears throat> he will always try to make me guilty for his behavior, for, make you for feel all the problems. Uh, he will be like, it's your problem because you don't know how to communicate. Mm-hmm. And I have a really Mexican accent. And sometimes I feel like, you know, he was well, saying... You're, you're bilingual. I mean, you, and, and Spanish is your first language. Exactly. You know, so sometimes he make me feel like... It was because of my Mexican accent that I was like, probably that he doesn't understand me or, you know, I was, I was I putting underst- myself down I understand you pretty well. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> your English, I mean, yeah, not everyone's English is perfect, especially when you speak more than one language. Exactly. Like mine isn't perfect either because, you know, I'm bilingual as well, so. And you know, I love Sofia Vergara, so who cares? <laughs> exactly. Who cares? What she the has the, the thickest accent ever, and look how much money she's making. Exactly. So, so yes. come on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, that made me feel so bad sometimes, because he was always like, you're not even able to communicate, blah, 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 this and that. And I was like, you know, what I started doing, because at some point, I stopped feeling safe by his side. I was like... Dude, you don't you don't need perfect English to tell someone exactly you're hurting me exactly you don't need perfect no and I don't think, I don't think like I'm accent exactly I don't think I'm that bad you know but that oh, like I don't know he always compared me to whoever I'm not gonna say names or anything but he always used to compare me and I was like I don't know that made me feel so I don't know belittle yeah which um, is also part of emotional abuse. emotional abuse and like. I will always ask myself, like, what can I do better? You know, mm-hmm. I started feeling less. And I'm like, less damn, I'm a badass. Like, I come from another country. I'm here trying to, exactly. you know, get as, I don't know, make a, my, make a better, better future, life, life, better future for me and my kids. Mm-hmm. Like, at some point I stop and I'm like, probably people who was born here hasn't been through all the shit that I have to go through, you know? Mm-hmm. So now I feel so proud of myself at this point. No. I'm a survivor. You are. We are. You are we are survivors of domestic abuse. Yeah, so, um, well, just to give a little example in my experience, um, yeah, um, going back to that cycle of abuse I was talking about, like, so you get to that phase of, like, well, we're going to call it the apology phase, but in my case, I wouldn't get the apology. It was just kind of like, oh, hey, you want to do this? Or, hey, or, you know, like, I would just get, like, verbally abused or whatever. And then in that instance, I'm getting my butt smacked. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, And not in a good way. <laughs> not, yeah, in a, I, I'm talking in a sexual way. And I would just feel like an object. Like, my my feelings did not matter. You just verbally abused me. You just belittled me. You just put me down. You just called me names. And then you just come and you slap my behind in a sexual way. Yeah, no. And then um, 
And another different experience was um, where, yeah, just simply, again, when you know I was being verbally attacked and then um, that was in person and also via text. And then suddenly, like maybe a few hours later, like, hey, there's so-and-so happening. I think, I don't remember what it was, like some yard sale or something like that. Like, um, why don't you get ready and we'll go shopping? And it's like, why would I want to go shopping with you? After all the verbal abuse. Right. What exactly. the hell? <laughs> exactly. And so I was just sitting there like, okay. So, yeah, I'm telling you. And sometimes you don't even get that apology. And I remember bringing that up to this particular person. And it was like, well, that's kind of like my way to say sorry. Because I was like, well, what do you like? Like, how do you expect me to just do things? And you don't even like talk about what just happened. Right. But that's part of abuse. That That is a big, big red sign and red flag of abuse there. And um, and then, so there's that. And um, so the apology and then the honeymoon phase. Which I think that's the point that makes you feel like, well, in my case, that made me feel like, oh, things are going to be okay. And, you know, we started having sex nonstop. And mm-hmm. <laughs> everything was so good that I was like, shit, things are going to be okay this time, you know? Yeah. And it's when you want to keep trying and keep giving chances. Because that's where, like, once you get to that honeymoon phase, that's when, like, the love hormones are high. So you get this highs and lows. Yes. So emotional abuse, like, causes those highs and those lows in your brain. And so there's... So then you start experiences, experiencing this chemical imbalance in your brain. Yes. Yeah. And that may, like With like serotonin and dopamine. Yes. That makes you think like, okay, we're getting in a fight today. But I know mm-hmm. like in a couple of days we're going to be in this honeymoon phase. Mm-hmm. So you kind of, you know, it's like You're, a... Yeah. Cycle. Like, so you stay stuck on that cycle of yeah. like wanting the next hit. So you just kind of want the next hit. So then you go through the honeymoon phase. You're good. You're you're lovey dovey. I mean, you you are set like you know serene in your brain and everything. You're fine. You're in, you're at peace, right? You're calm. And then again, once all that, you know, you get through that, and then boom, there goes again the incident, the Ex- incident yeah. phase, and. And then your, you know, your adrenaline goes up high, your cortisol, which are your stress level, your stress um, hormones are up high again. And so it's just like high and low. And so it's this cycle, you know, that just provokes this, these highs and lows in your body and your brain. And yeah. And at so, some point, it's like drugs. You want more. You want more of it. Yeah. Like I said, you want that next hit, the next hit, the yes. next hit. And you're willing you're subconsciously willing to wait it out in the cycle just so your brain can get the next hit. Exactly. And, well, in my case, I didn't understand that I was being abused since the beginning. Mm-hmm. Because since the beginning, there were, um, you know, a couple of events where he used to kick me out of his apartment. <clears throat> Thanks. Which that is abuse. That exactly. is a form of control. Control. Kicking you out is a form of control. And, well, at the beginning, I had my own apartment, which was okay. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it still hurt me the way he did it. But at some point, well, you know, we started, like, getting more serious about this and that. Yeah. So we mo- move in together. Well, once you move in together, that becomes your home. because, And even more so if you're paying half of the rent. 
Yes, and then, well, I moved to his apartment because I wasn't able to see all the red flags. I was mm -hmm. like, I'm willing to work for this relationship because probably I was at this point in my life, like I wanted to settle down and, you mm -hmm. know, have my family. Yeah. And I was like, okay, it's time for me to just settle down and, you know, start uh -huh. a new life. But once I moved with him, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, I had to sleep in my car a couple of nights. Yeah. Because I was so afraid. Um, every time he was like, I'm going to call the police. They're going to kick you out because you're not in this lease. I uh -huh. can kick you out whenever I want. And I was like, fuck, I don't want to get so in they, trouble yeah, with the police. So he, he gets that, yeah. And to you, use, yes. it, use it against you. And then at times we're so naive that we don't know exactly the ins and outs of the law. Yes. You don't know exactly, like... You don't know what's going to happen. What your rights are. Uh-huh. And so, I mean, especially, like, in your situation. Yeah. Him being an American. Yes, an and American then, citizen. And me and being then, a Mexican. Uh-huh. Mexican lovely girl. <laughs> You're stupid. <laughs> well, yes, a Mexican, Mexican lovely girl. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. and, um, and so, he... Him being like you know an American and yeah, he's, yeah, he takes that to his advantage. Yeah. Also using immigration abuse. Yes, I was experiencing. Because I mean, were you threatened? Couple of times, couple of times, and when he started noticing that I was getting scared about him calling the police, he will be like, "I'm gonna call the police. I'm gonna call." Mm -hmm. So he started using that every single time, and. You know, you get to that point that you get tired and you're like, I don't give a fuck about the consequences. Yeah. Call the police. Do it. Mm -hmm. And this time I was like, do it. If you don't do it, I'm going to do it. I'm mm -hmm. so fucking done with this. Mm -hmm. So one time I just called the cops and I told them, like, this is going on and I'm mm -hmm. really tired. Do what you have to do. Take mm -hmm. me. Arrest me. Mm -hmm. And, well, I, he stopped. Well, no, actually, no, we, we didn't stop doing that. Like, every time, he will he will do a lot of things. He will take all my stuff and put it outside. Mm -hmm. uh, every time he did that, I had to call the police, and the police had to come to the apartment and make him put everything back in place because mostly of the furniture was mine. Yeah. He uses that against me, too, like, putting all my furniture outside, Breaking my stuff, mm -hmm. my clothes and stuff. You know, it was just mm -hmm. really traumatizing. Yeah. And well, like threatening your stability again yes. is a form. Again, it's a form of abuse, like putting your stuff out, making you scared. Like, hey, here goes. You know, like if it doesn't go my way, if you, if I can't, it's basically if I can't control you, you can't be here. Exactly. That was the same thing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like if it like if it's if things are not gonna go my way, I don't like you can't be here. Mm -hmm. It's basically what yes. it is. Like, like they're because they're just using you. You're like a. Like, I was. I, you know what? I you're call, just a supply to them. No, you know what I call myself because I didn't notice mm -hmm. that at the beginning. Mm -hmm. he, he well, when we got married, um, actually when we got married, even the person who was you know, helping us getting married, mm -hmm. told him, like, oh, you just got divorced a month ago. Like, he was going through a divorce from Wait. a long, long relationship, you know? Yeah. How and long was that relationship for? Like, 10 years or more. Oh, yeah. And mm -hmm. then I, he didn't take the time to process and heal 
from that. And every time I ask him, like, are you doing okay? Ten years would have taken him at least three to four years to... To heal to completely, heal. you know? I call myself the process girl, you know? When mm -hmm. they use you because they feel alone. Or rebound. Rebound, yes, whatever. I, I was mm -hmm. so stupid. I didn't saw the red flags, you know? I trusted mm -hmm. him with closed eyes. That yeah. was my problem. But now that I'm out of there and I kind of, you know, we've been through a lot of... A lot of things together and we've been living this life of healing yeah um now i understand you know like yeah. you cannot heal from one day to another and just go get married again and just lie to someone in their face and make them you know think things that you're not feeling or things you, yeah. you know things that you're not willing to do yeah you're just using a person to I don't know, fill that empty space, you know? Exactly. And I think that's abuse too. You see, it the is person. a form of abuse. Yeah. Yes. I think so, in a way, it is because if you, you know, you're just bouncing from person to person, you never get to sit down with those feelings. And this is not to judge your abuser in any kind of sense or form. It's just basically, and this is in general, a lot of people do do this. Um, they people in general are just well some people in general are they're just so afraid to sit with their feelings and feel their feelings and face know? them you know face them and so like it's, it is like you said there's an empty space there and they try to go and you know fill the void with other people mm -hmm. with other you know but i think rebound, that's yeah rebound, yeah like have a rebound and like a lot of, and especially narcissistic abuse, I think that it's really important for me to like get this information out there. That in narcissistic narcissistic abuse, um, these dudes tend to like like get rid of you after you no longer serve them a purpose. So if you're no longer like a good supply for them, and you've already like I don't know managed to see right through them right like as like you could be over here healing becoming intelligent about to leave them and they discard you and then oh. they start they start feeding off of like these other women mm -hmm. and you know what's so funny to me is that these women like like are so have such self low like low self-esteem right or and they, they brag about being confident. They brag about this and brag about that. Um, and they're all over social media, right? And they, But you can just see right through them how they have low self-esteem and no self-respect. Because, like, the minute, like, they get a little bit of attention, it's like, you know, all out there. And I want to say those people that are, you know, out there with... And I just woman. Yeah, men too. Men yeah, too. Men too. Mm -hmm. And I want to say those are like the most vulnerable people to to get used, get abused and whatnot. And um, it is, I mean, yeah. And it's also really hard to get out because for a sense, like you could be also very confident. You could be a healthy person and then get into in, in an abusive relationship. That was maybe for him. <laughs> yep. End up 
with low self-esteem because that's what they do they attack your spirit they break your spirit so yeah so um you know what to really mental mental um i was gonna talk about mental health as well like i was just gonna say that be sure to take care of your mental health um because you could be with the person right and 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 if you notice that they're not mentally stable, you know, you stay because you're like, oh, well, this person's bipolar. This person, like, I don't know. I remember you telling me in your case with this with this person that you feel bad, I guess, because oh, yeah. he had an addiction in the past. In the past. And then the first time well not the first time a couple times i tried Mm -hmm. to break up with him before getting married and he used to say that he was gonna take his life if i wasn't with him and you see manipulation manipulation another form of yes emotional abuse and i was like i started feeling guilty i was like i don't want him to hurt himself i don't want him to take his life because of me you know and a couple of times i stay with Mm -hmm. him because of that yeah i stay with him because i feel guilty and i was like i don't want him to hurt himself like i really care about him in a good way like um Uh so he started using that against me a lot of times until one day like i say i got to the point that i i got not mad not sad but tired and exhausted exhausted and one one time talking with my therapist i was like I cannot handle this anymore. He's always telling me that he's going to kill himself. Uh-huh. What she told me was like, Anna, he's using that because he knows that triggers you. And he he's using that to keep you trapped, you know, in this kind of, of course. abuse. And one, Manipulate you. Yes. And one day I was like, you know what? If you really want to take your life. Go for go, it. No, I was like, go find some help. Go... Do whatever you have to do to heal, mm-hmm. but stop blaming me because I'm I'm not responsible and for many, your acts. Many of these abusers like carry this like really heavy baggage, and they just come and dump it on you. They don't even bother to like put their effort into making it lighter, and that would be like seeking help from prof- professional, you know, professional help mm-hmm. because the I think your support on their mental health stops. When your mental health is deteriorating. Mm-hmm. So once once your mental health is on the line and you're experiencing, you know, whatever, call it PTSD, anxiety, depression, you're experiencing all this other stuff, that's where you draw your, your line. You know, um, I've been diagnosed with PTSD, mm-hmm. anxiety and depression from this relationship. Mm-hmm. And I'm like... How did I let someone do this to me, you know? Yeah. But I didn't notice it. I was in this black hole, and I didn't know how to get out. Kind of like that scene for Maid. Yes. Like when she sings in the, yeah, yeah, in Netflix, the couch. Yeah, Netflix, yes. Uh-huh. Exactly. And, and I think, and I can totally relate to that. I remember, I remember me trying to explain to my mom my feelings, um, and, and that is something that I explained to her. I remember telling her that I felt like I was drowning. Exactly. Beside him, bes- uh, besides him. I felt like I was trapped in a hole, in, an, in, a, in a black hole. 
I said, yeah, I felt trapped is basically how That's, I felt. Me too. Mm-hmm. Me too. And and I was mm-hmm. like, I was willing to stay with him because, I, like I said, I trusted a marriage, you know, once in a life. Yeah. A lifetime. And then, but when he went physical, that was like my wake up call. Yeah. And I was like, this is it. Yeah. I don't need this for my life. I don't want this for my life, you know? Yeah. I don't want this for my kids. Exactly. I I want some something and someone healthy, you know? Yeah, and and well and there's an another thing too, it's like it's so hard for emotional abuse in my case, in my experience. <coughs> Again, <clears throat> I was like, Well, he doesn't hit me. Like he's not physical with me. Like but just because your abuser is not being physic physical with you or physically abusing you doesn't mean that they're not abusing you. Exactly. Yeah. And that's the problem with emotional abuse that you don't yeah, even it, know. Exactly. Because so, you don't know because you're like, well, I, I mean, grew it's not like visible. That. Emotional abuse isn't visible. Exactly. And mm-hmm. sometimes, like we said at the beginning, like you grow up like that, you know, mm-hmm. you grow up receiving that and that's all you know. And mm-hmm. you think it's normal and... And that's, you know, I don't know. In my case, I feel weird because, like I say, I grew up like that, you know. Mm-hmm. There was love, of course, but not, not um, I don't know. The, the way they love is so different than yeah. the way I want to be loved, you know. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. now that I'm growing up, I'm like, yeah, I don't want that kind of love. I want yeah. a healthy love. Because now you know. Now you have knowledge of what yes. healthy love looks like. Exactly. Same. Same. And again, like mental health is as important as physical health. So once you feel like your mental health is deteriorating, deteriorating, uh, that word, <laughs> then then that's when you like draw the line. I want to really make that clear. Draw the line. Um, and again, um, for example, in my case too, like I've been dealing with anxiety and depression like basically my whole life since I was a teenager. Um, and of course, I'm treated, I'm on medication, therapy, the whole nine yards, and I've never stopped taking care of my mental health. Um, and I used to get like panic attacks when I was a teenager and I had no idea. And I was just kind of like, what is this happening to me? What's happening to my body? Like, I would think like, am I getting a heart attack? I'm too young to get a heart attack. <laughs> You know, I'm like, I'm only a teenager. I was only like 15, 16 when I started experiencing anxiety. So um, with that being said, I've always been very open about my um, mental condition. And I've always, I've always talked about it because I know it's hard and I never want to feel like a burden for anyone, you know. And, and more so, I guess like, you know, when I started dating this particular um person i i thought it was important for me to share that because i was looking for something serious i was ready to settle down i was ready to have a home have a a, a happy family and start a family and have a serious relationship with someone um my life i was looking for my life partner basically and so you know i was open i was vulnerable i shared this part of me which is something that i don't i mean i like i said i've been very open about my mental health but it's still intimidating to share that with someone more when they use it against you yeah well that's what i was gonna get ready to say so 
I'm here being an open book about it. And then this person you would use it against me and just throw it in my face and always try to like make me feel guilty for every single argument, every single fight, every single like crazy shit that would happen in our relationship. I would, I was always out to be put like, you know, to be the guilty one because well, you're the one with the mental condition. Well, you're the one who, who has mental problems. I don't have mental problems, you know? And even like, just you know entirely in general just using it against me the entire time that's real and i yeah and i'm just like no no enough is enough i'm not like yes there's a condition yes i treat it yet like it's not my condition is not out of control my condition is not like i have a toolbox to cope with my anxiety i have a toolbox to cope with my depression you know and when a person doesn't accept because that's that's gonna be part of you forever this is gonna be part of from of, like it's part of me forever and um and if you don't accept that part of me then you don't love me exactly it's, yeah it's because it's part of me and you need you need to love the person that i am as a whole including you know, include, including the bad. And and I think that's another thing of, like, like if if your abuser um, shows or, you know, have, have narciss- narcissistic tendencies or narcissistic char- characteristics, I think that's, like, one thing that they really at first see you like this perfect, you know, person, right? Mm-hmm. You're, like, perfect. Because um, I remember sharing this with with my abuser and i remember like um i remember saying well you know you have your you have it under control i'm sure you know like i'm here to support you like yeah whoever needs there's a loving caring person but when they have the opportunity they will throw it at your face exactly and i'm just like you know like i i was always open and i'm like always like trying to share what my therapist would share with me like you know hey look this article will be great for your loved ones to help you cope with your mental condition blah 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 and i would share these things with him and i mean i was an open book and that would get thrown at your face at my of face. course all the time so yes um don't ever let mental health feel like it's not important because it is every mental condition mental illness it is as important to treat it as any physical disease, mm-hmm. any physical illness. So you, you have to receive treatment for it. And so that shouldn't be any different. And then... And you know what? In our culture, it's like... Even men, we're not just talking about women being victims. Even men mm-hmm. can be victims. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I just got done talking to one of my friends. And I remember witnessing my friend being phys- and it was a guy um of course at the time i didn't have the knowledge mm-hmm. again it's like you see this stuff right like well i saw my parent i grew up that way i saw my parents talk to each other that way so you think that's marriage because mm-hmm. that's the only example you've ever been exposed to exactly and you mm-hmm. think it's normal like men in this mexican culture um if men start talking about I don't know, anxiety, depression. They're like, oh, pinche joto. Fucking gay, dude. Yeah. And I feel like 
we need to stop that kind of stuff because and have that like you you need to stop the stigma yeah the stigma yeah. because men go through a lot to like they do they they have to take care of a family they probably have some shit going on at, at their own job places you know like at work they're dealing with the fucking asshole boss or whatever mm -hmm. and then they come home and you know they have to go through this abuse and you know but but they're not allowed to cry no. Oh, come on. We society holds them like, you're supposed to be a macho man. Macho man, uh -huh. strong, mm -hmm. and do not cry. Men yeah, don't cry. Because in our, yeah, because our culture, the Mexican culture, and I don't want to make it feel like I'm attacking all your Mexican culture, but in a lot of areas in society, and let's just say in general, because there are other cultures that oh, also, yes. mm -hmm. also are very similar to Mexican culture, but... In many areas in society, just kind of hold a man, the man like up, they uphold him to this certain society, societal um, standard where you're not supposed to cry, you're supposed to be macho man, um, you're supposed to be a machista, you mm -hmm. know what I mean, machista. And a lot of the times it's like, they these men get brought up like this too. And they're just like subconsciously being machistas, but they don't realize that they're being abusive. Yeah, exactly. They're, because That's el the machismo they grow up. es abuso. Uh, the, the machismo, you know, it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's abuse. Ab it's abuse, yeah. And that's um, basically machismo is like, um, I want to say like the masculine energy. But, you know, being ma being masculine and being um, machista are totally different, I feel like. Um, yeah. Machistas, yeah. sometimes even guys don't want to be machistas, but just because they have to keep this tag, they do it. Or this know? image. Image, yeah. yeah. Like, I'm strong, I'm a macho, macho man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they keep this. <laughs> yeah. They keep it that way because I have friends. Yeah. I have friends in Mexico. They're like, like they're like, oh, I, I just want to cry. I just want to let my wife know how am I feeling. But I don't want her to think that I'm a crying baby or a fucking mm -hmm. ass pussy, you know? And I'm like, bro, for me, that would be totally normal. If my husband comes to me, he's like, hey, you know what? I cannot deal with this. this. Yeah. That way. And I mean, that's how you, you know, like you talk about these things. And if you can't be open with your partner and be vulnerable and be able to express your feelings and open up when they're hurting you, then they're not your person. Exactly. Ron, corre pendejo. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, what else? And not only an intimate, part, um, an intimate partner um, relationships, you experience abuse. I mean, you also experience um, abuse, emotional abuse in the workplace. Like, oh, yeah. with your boss. Tell me. co-workers. Yeah, tell me. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. And I'm not going to say names or places or anything because I'm still working there. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, it can be either at school with your teachers, your principals, or even the bullies. Uh, they're everywhere. Yeah, again, home, intimate partners, your husband, even your children, son or daughter. So, say, like, you become an elderly parent and then you have a son or a daughter and... I don't know if you need, like, extra care or special needs, um, yada, 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 yada. And I also think, like, um, I think of, like, some, like, sometimes they're 
adult children that go and just drop off their parents at a nursing home and just kind of forget, forget about, about them. Yeah. There. And I'm not saying every family. I know there's families that really just need that care because their lives are so busy and they have consistent visitations and stuff like that with them. But I feel that there are also many other elders that are being, you know, just abandoned. Mm-hmm. And, that, I, and that's I abuse. I feel like it is, in my opinion. It is. And, well, we hope that our kids never do that, but that, <laughs> that is abuse. Yeah. I'm like, that's not what I'm raising you for. Yeah. <laughs> um, what else? In, the, in school, so at your education environment, um, if you're 18 or just a young young little person, um, your teacher. Um, especially, I feel like especially this happens like, like um, with high school age. Um, so yeah, your teacher could be abusive. Um, I mean, I remember growing up in my in my um, in my case in my experience. I was like, I was experiencing a lot of emotional abuse at home. Um, my parents. I mean, it was it was crazy um, in my household when I was a kid. So. I remember I didn't have the capacity to like turn it or finish my essay one time and I remember I came and I and I tried to open up to my teacher and say like hey, this is what's happening at home and I know I'm not the only student you know and especially being like low income and being you know that type of family where little to zero resources are available to you you know what I mean yeah. and then you come to your teacher because you feel like maybe my teacher will hear me out, you know, and you try to open up, you know, and I remember I was in high school too, and I was being bullied, and that was affecting my mental um, health, and um, so yes, I try to come and open up to my teacher, and my teacher's like, no excuses, there are zero excuses, there's no excuse as to why you, you're not turning in your homework or your essay, and I would just get bad grades, you know, and just yeah and so so can you imagine experiencing abuse at home then experiencing abuse from your peers right because you're being bullied and then on top of that you're experiencing you experience then somebody else doesn't show you or give you the support that you need exactly more coming from teachers yeah. you know yeah well, i mean exactly. you're a teacher right now yeah i hope you're doing better oh, than your of teacher course. <laughs> no and then I, I work with the little the little guys they're yeah it's yeah it's kind of like i i love what i do i love my job because it's it's sort of like healing for me in a sense because it's like i'm giving back everything that my inner child would ever want so i'm being that adult and that grown up for those little guys that my inner child ever wanted you know what i mean oh that's so cute yeah so it's healing in a way in a sense (laughs) and then also you experience some more emotional abuse in social groups like friends classmates peers um acquaintances and whatnot you know um oh another thing i i forgot to mention when i was in high school like I started standing up for myself because I said, like, enough is enough. So I started, like, standing up for myself and defending myself. So obviously that, that would require for me to get into fights. And so, like, I would end up getting suspended. And I thought it was so unfair. I mean, my mother would get, like, really mad about it. But 
I mean, eventually they stopped messing with me and I stopped being bullied. And so I always thought like, hey, I'm going to have to like just really stand up for myself and really show myself big and strong and, mm-hmm. and like... That so nobody will fuck with me, you know what I mean? You know, um, I used to live here until I was like nine years old here in Colorado. Mm-hmm. Then we, I remember we moved back to Mexico mm-hmm. because my parents decided to. Mm-hmm. Well, we have to go to Mexico. And I remember when we first went to school, mm-hmm. me, I mean, sorry, my brother, my sister and me, mm-hmm. we will get bullied. Like, because, okay, first of all, our accent was horrible the spanish was horrible like mm-hmm. now my english probably for some of you guys mm-hmm. and we weren't able to even talk to another kids the way they used to talk you know mexican kids talk different than yeah. when you grow up here mm-hmm. we got so bullied so i had to stand up for me for myself and mm-hmm. for my brother and my sister yeah being the little one i was like nobody's gonna fuck with us come on mm-hmm. and after yeah you have to stand up for yourself after i did that kid, yeah this yeah. can be horrible and yes. again that's up to us as parents exactly to, how you you're know, raising your kids raise your kid to be kind and mm. raise your kid to respect each other yeah also expose your children to like different cultural backgrounds exactly you no know? don't yeah. yeah yeah and i i remember like um there's an we have teachers with accents and stuff as well and then some kid is like um oh that teacher her english is funny and it's like yeah isn't it and and i would be like isn't it wonderful how different tongues work everyone's tongue is different so again exposing those exposing your children to differences you know exactly and you know what i say i used to because okay when i came back to the united states of course my accent was worse than right now Mm -hmm. and i used to get bullied here when i was like 18 19 at high school Mm -hmm. Uh, and i was like well at least i'm bilingual and i can Speak to language and communicating to languages. And you're not going (laughs) to fucking understand me, you know? Yeah. (laughs) I'm able to do things in two languages, so shut the fuck up. Well, and not only that, like, speaking to, being bilingual also gives you two perspectives. And, like, I don't want to sound, like, (laughs) above everyone, but it doesn't make us that much smarter. (laughs) (laughs) But, no, um, no, um... I mean, not to feel above anyone or anything like that. That's not my intention. But it does put, give you two perspectives. So when you have two perspectives, th- that in a sense, it trains your brain to think different ways. Exactly. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like, and, and I always say this, my personality changes when I'm speaking in Spanish versus, I'm, you know, when I'm speaking. Oh, in. yeah, mine too. So I feel like personalities <laughs> are different. No, you know, when I'm speaking Spanish, I feel like a gang girl. <laughs> yeah. Oh, like a gangster girl. Gangster, like, you oh. know, gang, chola. Oh, you call it chola? <laughs> yeah. I feel like chola when I'm speaking Spanish, but, you know, yeah, I am not. <laughs> and now I'm learning Japanese, and I feel like every time you learn a new language, it's like a new world. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. wow. Well, and that and that's what makes it, like, a lot. Um, also, it makes it easier to pick up, like, a third language, especially, like, a language that's, like, kind of connected to their, like, if... Because Spanish and English, I feel, are, like, the most universal languages yes. ever. And mm-hmm. so, like, 
you have all the other ones like, you know, Italian, French, Portuguese, um, which are very similar to English and Spanish, you know, and French. And so it makes it a lot easier to pick up a third language along the lines with that are kind of connected to Spanish or English, you know. Um, so moving on to some of the signs we have found in the research we made and in our own experience has been humiliation. I mean, what's like one example that you feel that? Oh, well, in your experience. What well, like in my case, uh, mm-hmm. when I started dating this person, um, I was a waitress, mm-hmm. and he has a master's degree, and I don't know what, mm-hmm. but he has a master's degree, and I don't know if he did it to motivate me, but some of the times he will be like, "Well, go back to school and get a degree," or he will be like, "Get a a better job, get an office mm-hmm. job, this and that," you know, like yeah. Sometimes at the beginning, I was like, oh, he's trying to motivate me and, you know, make mm-hmm. me a better person. And But that wasn't the case. That wasn't the case because when he was mad, he will use it. Like, we go again. He used it against me, you know? Yeah. And, not, you know, that puts you down. Like, in mm-hmm. my case, I was being a mom. I, I wasn't thinking about degrees or anything like that. I was like, no, who cares about fucking degree? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm taking care of my child. Mm-hmm. I'm making sure they have whatever they need. My mm-hmm. my degrees can, I mean, my school can wait. Mm-hmm. Now I'm back at school. Now I'm doing so much better. Mm-hmm. But I feel like there are ways to communicate things. Yeah. You know, there. But But if you want to get an education, you do this for yourself. Not because someone is, like, putting you down. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, um, and, like, you don't try to motivate someone by putting them down. And, and I, like, I guess in my experience, it's a little bit similar to you, too. Like, you know, this person has a master's degree. But in my instance, it was, like, a little bit more about, like, um, how can I say it? Say if I had an opinion, whether that was, a, like, a political. And I don't like to refer to these type of, like, things as political. I call them more, like, social injustices. So if I had, like, an opinion about racism or an opinion about children in cages in the immigration detention centers, it was always like he had to like one up me, you know, one up me about it. And, and the way that I would like, you know, have my really strong opinions about the government and how they're not doing anything about these injustices, social injustices, because regardless of what, like whether they're immigrants or not, like it, they're human beings. Like first we're humans, then you're, politics can come you know and Mm -hmm. do whatever but first before anything we're humans and as humanity we have to be there you know especially children like exactly we want to try and raise children that that don't have to like overcome traumas as they get older and i mean you don't know these kids stories you know anyway but that's another topic for another day but it was just kind of like one of those instances where like literally to the point where we would like be on the verge of breaking up and it's like are you really that ignorant (laughs) well (laughs) you know i'm not gonna say that but i'm in my opinion it's like are you really is it really that much like that important for you to like one up me you know but then i now i think go back and think about it and it's not that he was trying to one up me or anything Again, it was a tactic to try to put me down, to try to make me doubt myself that because I I was then strong in what I believed in and I stand strong in that, you know, sense. And again, 
no no abuser wants a strong woman or mm -hmm. a strong person that stands strong in in their opinions so nobody an abuser does not want an opinionated person they want someone submissive mm -hmm. and i don't mean submissive in a healthy way i mean submissive in a way where everything goes their way and yes yeah. and you are just a doormat exactly yeah um belittling again putting you down calling you names verbally abusing you um attacking your self-esteem putting you down which is the one this is one of the reasons why it's so hard to get out of an abusive relationship uh manipulation we talked a little bit about manipulation earlier where mm -hmm. you said he would threaten to kill himself um in my case i would get manipulated as well i would want to leave and i would get threatened that i would be accused of kidnapping and at the time i didn't really know the ins and the outs but now i'm more secure and more um confident in like how i stand as my rights as a parent um so yeah i would get i would get threatened with that um what else judgmental like judging everything that you do even like the way you snore even even if you just snore they're judging you for that and putting you down because You snore. Or how you dress. <laughs> or how the way you dress. Yes. How you dress, how you look, if you're waning weight or if you're losing weight. Exactly. How your body looks. Or gaining weight. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, again, controlling. Um, we talked a little bit about that too earlier. Um, you and I both have been in the same situation where we would get kicked out. Mm -hmm. And so, again, that's another sense of control right there. It's like, like if it doesn't go my way, if I can't control you. Get the fuck out Get of the my fuck house. Yeah. Yes. Um, dismissive of your feelings. Um, isolation. Oh, man. Yes. yes. Isolation. I forgot to mention that that he wanted me 24-7 by his side because he, he felt better if I was by his side. Yeah. And I stopped going out. And even if I'm, I was trying to be mom, friend, daughter, whatever... And I wasn't able because if not, he will get mad. Yeah. Like, you spend more time working or with this person mm -hmm. or that person, but you don't take care you of me. You told me a story about yes. Thanksgiving as well where you had to work. I had to work, yeah, extra, uh -huh. extra, extra hours. hours. And he got so mad. I remember that day. I mm -hmm. think that was one of the days that he kicked me out. He was yes. like, this is my apartment, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, because things didn't go his way. So yes, exactly. you got to get out. You didn't serve your purpose You didn't serve exactly. me my. You didn't serve me my supply for yeah. the day. Get the fuck Get out. The fuck out. <laughs> yeah, and also walking on eggshells. I mean, I remember I got to the point where I'm like, literally, doing everything, and not doing anything yeah. to trigger this person just to avoid problems. Not only that, like I mean, I would get out of the house. I remember I would just leave with my baby to try and avoid any, you know any confrontation and as soon as i would come back it's like yeah it's like he was just planning the next attack you know mm. um and so yeah and so you just walk on eggshells you walk on, like you literally just walk on in fear you know what i mean um, yeah same here i was even before i say something i had to think about it and be like oh is he gonna get mad or yes not? you know like i had to plan what i was gonna say mm -hmm. yep i was like damn same yeah Um, what else? So we also have some highlights of resources. There is the World Human Organization, which is um, shortened to WHO. It's an international resource website. 
and they strictly use the term intimate partner violence or um, we're gonna shorten it to IPV. When talking about domestic violence, if the DV refers to an intimate couple. When visiting the website, you can go, um, go to health topics um, and then go to all topics, go to violence against women. And there's tons and tons and tons of resources there for, for you if you need any. Um, there's another also important point along with the resources that we're offering today or that we're informing you about today. The CDC is also doing some more research in depth inside the U.S. Um, regarding intimate partner violence, which they are, they are in fact the creators of the term to specify the entity under um, domestic violence. So they began their research and called called it um, intimate partner violence, and so they have been the creators of of this particular term. Um, what else do we did we find? Um, I just also want to highlight intimate partner violence is a serious public health problem in the United States that can have a, a profound impact lifelong health opportunity and well-being. CDC works to understand the problem of intimate partner violence and prevent it. Um, let me see. All right, so just to elaborate on that, um, so basically this means that um, the CDC is basically uh, developing um, research on this particular, um, I wanna say it's, I mean, it's pretty much an epidemic because it, if it like impacts your health, your life, lifelong health, and also your well-being, and it's overall your well-being. I mean, and let's just remember like how the brain is like, you know, sci scientifically speaking, the brain is connected to your body. So like if, if, you know, your mental health isn't all there and, you know, I mean, you could, it could start impacting everything else your entire health you can develop i don't know diabetes you can develop i don't know high blood pressure heart problems i mean after a while when the body is like under a lot of stress oh, you can start you can even die from that yeah yeah exactly I, i've seen cases so that's that's becoming very concerning to the point where the cdc is actually developing studies exactly it's like in this particular and you know not just like case. talking about diseases but talking about you know how people is taking their lives and, and also yeah depression anxiety it pushes them to that point to that point that you know i can't that handle can yes so yeah. of course it, it's a it's a health Suicide. problem yeah. yeah yeah so it's a huge one i mean for the cdc to get involved it is a very important mm -hmm. matter um, and so that's why we're here. We're advocating as well for that. And if you guys need any help, um, we are here. We have a, a bunch of local resources. Mm -hmm. We have from housing resources, financial resources, food, immigration, immigration legal, all kinds of resources for you guys. So feel free to send us an email. Um, we are going to be sharing our email with you guys. Yeah. 
So that is um, DV. So DS and David, VS and Violin. Info Latinx at gmail.com. Um, so yeah, you guys can reach us out if you guys need any help or simply if you guys have the need to talk with someone or share your stories. We're also open and free if you guys ever want to share your stories. Um, you're not alone. Um, and if talking is the first step for you to get out of the abusive relationship, we are here for you. And yeah, don't feel embarrassed because I know when you're going through all this type of abuse, in my case, I I felt really embarrassed asking for help. Yeah. To the point that I was sleeping in my car because I didn't want to ask for help. Yeah. I didn't want people to know my situation. Um, but you don't have to go that far. Just ask for help. There's help yeah. out there. A lot, yeah. a lot of help. No, and um, and the same too. And I mean, it's very understandable. But I I think that if you put if you um you do feel embarrassed you feel like a failure and and that's understandable and i will acknowledge that but i feel that a lot of those feelings um like block you it's an obstacle because it blocks you from getting the help that you actually exactly. need and so it's better to just be brave and face what you're going through and put the embarrassment to the side. You know, don't be embarrassed. You're not the first or the last person that gets abused. And sometimes, not sometimes, this is always something serious and to take yes. take serious. Um, I think that in my case, I try to stay and I was so naive to confront my abuser. I, would, I was confronting him. I was actually letting him know hey i feel this way hey i realize i'm being abused like i feel like i'm being emotionally abused and I, without realizing that i was i was putting my life at risk at that point mm -hmm. you know what i mean and 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 studies show that when that happens when you when you confront your abuser or when you start standing up for yourself and and start really speaking up and using your voice and speaking up for yourself, it, you know, like it really puts you at high risk. Yes. So I was, and, and I was saying, no, no, I can handle it. I, 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 I'm going to be brave and just let him know that he's abusing me and maybe he'll change. No. Abuse is abuse is not going to change. It's and just going to get worse. Because I wanted to avoid the embarrassment. And you know, mm -hmm. um, in my case, mm -hmm. they used to call me El Diablo. They... He calls me El Diablo because the devil, the devil, because he says that I'm worse than the devil. Mm -hmm. But because just because I'm sharing my experience and all the shit that he did to me. Mm -hmm. But it's your experience. It's my experience. It's your story. It's it has my, nothing to do with him. And my healing process consists in sharing my experience and sharing yeah. the abuse that I was living with because was, yeah. I didn't, I didn't understood that that was abuse. Yes. At that point, so sharing my story can help somebody else to to be inspire somebody else, and, and it helps you heal. And yeah, it's helping me heal, and it's not gonna be easy. Same for me. I feel the same way too. And and I've been and I've been in that situation where I, you know, they want to silence me. Oh and yes, shut me down and threaten me with this and threaten me with that and do what you're gonna do or do what you gotta do, but. You, no one's going to silence me. This is my experience. 
I experience abuse and my experience is valid. My feelings are valid. And we have the right to talk. Yeah. So. Exactly. So don't be afraid. Don't be embarrassed. Um, what else? We are and here to help here. you guys. It's not going to be easy, but it's not impossible. Yeah. And if you want to contact us anonymously, do so. We, we will not ask you for anything. We will just provide you with the resources. Mm-hmm. Thank you and stay tuned because we're going to do episode number two where we're going to be talking about financial abuse. Financial abuse, yes. Mm -hmm. Okay, bye. Bye. Good night. Hasta la vista, babies.